as much as I'm excited about the podcast and this episode, I am actually really nervous because this will be my first time sharing my testimony in its entirety for the most part to the general public. Um, I've shared my testimonies to my testimony to friends. I've shared my testimony to family. Um, but, uh, you know, there are some people that are on my Facebook right now that may tune in, that may watch later, that may watch now. Um, and, and certain people that have subscribed to my YouTube channel that don't know the full story. And, um, you know, it being the month that it is, um, with all that's going on and also just what's going on in the world, especially in America right now. Um, my heart has been tugged and tugged and tugged to tell my testimony and it's full. Um, and I finally gave in, um, I surrendered to the Lord and his prompting, um, because I, I need to get this out. I need to share this and I need to let, um, my testimony be known. Um, and I need to put this out there so that other people that have been in my situation that have, that have lived the same way that I have lived and have gone through the same things that I have gone through emotionally, mentally, physically, uh, need to hear this. Um, because freedom and truth need to reign. Freedom and truth need to be, uh, need to be, um, um, just as out there, um, as, as anything else. You know, right now there are so many lies that are being told, um, by the enemy and, and just by the world itself, but the world is is surrendered to so many lies that the enemy has uh, has uh, fed into their minds, fed into their ears um, for so many years, and it's finally come to such a boiling point that everything is so exaggerated, everything is is so plain, everything is so black and white now. The enemy is not trying to hide anymore, guys. He really isn't. And, um, and we know we're going to dive into that a little bit today on, on how, on the, the enemy's biggest tactic. Um, and what I mean by the enemy, for those who are not, uh, Christian or are not believers of the faith that are watching this now or later on, or listening to this on the podcast, what I mean by the enemy is the devil. What I mean by the enemy is Satan. And what I mean by the enemy is demons and spiritual entities that are out there trying to detour us from who we really are created to be and who we truly are, um, who, who we are supposed to be in Christ. Uh, so before I dive too much, too deep into this, because trust me, we're going to go deep in this episode. Um, there is no holding back on this episode. I'm going to be brutally honest. I'm going to be vulnerable. I am going to be bold 
and I'm not going to hold myself back um, anymore from explaining uh, the truth that I have come to know as the truth and nothing but the truth. So help me, God. Okay, so before we get started, though, please, guys, like this episode, make sure the algorithm gets a hold of this episode so that this uh, broadcast, this live stream, this episode can reach um, the people that God wants to reach. Okay, so go ahead and like it on Facebook, like this episode on Facebook right now. If you're tuning tuning in on Facebook, go ahead and give this video a like and share it to your feed. Share it to your friends and family. If you're on Instagram, go ahead and share this broadcast right now to your feed and to your friends so that people can be blessed by this episode. If you're on YouTube, go ahead and share this broadcast and give this episode a like so the algorithm can get a hold of this. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, guys, I, again, as much as I'm excited and pumped up about this, I am insanely nervous. So I, I ask that you guys just encourage me in the chat with some fire emojis and some likes and some hearts, um, because this is going to be wild. And um, as much as I have prepared for this, I guess, um, I have a script of bullet points that I want to hit, but it's mostly just to help me along with my story and along with my testimony. Um, there's some points I want to touch base on um, with my script, but this is mostly off the cuff. This is mostly led by the spirit, guys, um, because honestly, the episode that I wanted to plan for in the beginning, um, you know, just this week and today, I wanted to talk about the the topic of faith. Um, and then, you know, as I slowly, you know, I got really busy this week and, and stuff happened. And, um, last weekend I was on vacation and so that got really distracting, but I didn't really have something solid prepared for today. And, um, in that I was asking the Lord, you know, if I don't have anything solid planned, what am I going to do? Like, you know, is this podcast worth me not being prepared for, I guess? Um, and the Lord said, just talk about what's been on your heart and what I've been putting on your heart for, for so long, what's been kind of eating away at your, at your core for a while. And I'm like, all right, it's time. And yes, I know this month is pride month and all that shenanigans, but um, I'm here to tell you my story uh, when it comes to pride, when it comes to sexual identity, and when it comes to finding the truth for myself and what that felt like and how it opened my mind and how it opened my heart to truly accepting what I have been running away from virtually my whole life. Now, Let's dive into my testimony. If you guys are ready for this, uh, go ahead and drop that fire emoji and drop um, a heart in, in the comment section right now, in Jesus' name. Um, welcome everybody on Instagram, welcome everybody on Facebook, and we're welcome everybody on um, YouTube. All right, let's get started. So, how my testimony starts like anybody. Um, 
I was born into this world. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yes, I was, I was, <laughs> I was born, right? But that's not where my testimony starts. You know, um, people ask me all the time, where does your testimony start? Well, it starts with a knowledge of where things started to go awry or downhill. And, um, and then picking up from that, the testimony grows, your story grows. And um, this, is, this isn't any old test or story. This is a testimony. This is uh, the story of how, I, how Jesus dragged me up from the pit of despair that I was in. Um, and brought me, nailed my flesh on that cross with him and all the crap that I went through, nailed that on the cross. He died for me and set me free. So all that in of itself is my testimony. Now, what I'm going to dive into is just the details in between. So when it started, um, as far as I can remember, where it started is my um, my upbringing was in a split denomination home. Um, now, some of you might might be new to that idea, um, but honestly, it happens more often than you think. So what happened is that both my parents grew up in the Catholic Church. They were raised Catholic, and they had Catholic families, Catholic upbringings. Um, and then when I was about, I forget exactly when, but I think it's between the I think it's between when I was three and five. And if my mom is in the chat, please correct me, okay? Um, But she decided to separate from the Catholic Church and go um, a different way in the faith. And uh, she decided to join um, the denomination that is called the Seventh-day Adventist, or just Adventists. Um, And that was a very hard but also easy transit or a decision for her um, because she saw some things um, in the Catholic Church, um, different theological points, different beliefs, different ways they did things that just didn't settle well in her spirit. And she asked the Lord, direct me to the path that you want me to go on. And he directed her to the denomination of the SDAs. And so my dad remained uh, Catholic, and he still um, identifies as a Catholic today. Um, and that started something new in our family, um, and the, uh, tension grew um, between my parents, and that that kind of laid the foundation, I think. Um, for my spiritual journey, for my faith journey, um, and for my upbringing. Um, On Saturdays, because the SDAs, the Seventh-day Adventists, they meet on Saturdays, and the Catholics, um, for the, um, just like most of the evangelical uh, denominations, meet on Sundays. So on Saturdays, I went to what's called Sabbath school, Saturday school, and on Sundays, I went to Sunday school. Um, I was involved uh, heavily in the youth in both denominations, in both churches, and um, I experienced a very uh, spiritually rich upbringing. Um, 
I was immersed into, into both denominations. And um, the, the good thing I can say about this, um, and the thing I'm thankful for, is really that both denominations, even though they're very different in a lot of beliefs, they are rooted in the same, same core belief, and that is Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and that through Jesus we are saved. Now, you know, the Catholics have their own beliefs as far as salvation goes and how that works, and, and uh, you know, the SDAs have their own, and in my opinion, um, you know, one is, I guess, more biblically and theologically correct than the other. I'm not going to go into that today, um, because my testimony is not really about bashing one denomination or another. In fact, um, the Lord really used both to direct me uh, to my own path of faith and my own spiritual journey. And in the end, that's what it's all about. Your own spiritual journey in finding the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. We're, we are all on a journey to finding truth. And, you know, you may say, oh, that sounds a little new age. And, okay, maybe, maybe a little bit. But it's true. It really is. We're all on a journey to fill a void inside us that can be not that that can't be filled by nothing other than the truth itself right we're all yearning for something to fill empty voids inside us and um for 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 someone who is watching that is not christian or is not a believer of the faith they may say something along, along the lines of i have my truth and my truth um, fills my void to a certain point and helps satiate whatever I'm going through. Um, and that's, that's for you, right? You are on the journey that I was on. You were on the journey to, to fill some sort of void, um, to affirm something or to satiate some sort of hurt, or some sort of longing or lack thereof, to fill some sort of lack inside you. Um, I'm just going to say this, our spirit is always longing for something. You know, in the Bible, in Psalms, uh, David said, my soul longs for you, or my spirit longs for you. And um, in that Psalm, he's talking about the Lord. He's talking about the spirit. Um, and for so long, my soul, my spirit was longing for something, and I was on a journey to find that thing. Now, let's go, let's go on from, from point number one. So I grew up in a split denomination home, right? Um, my mom, around that same time, uh, decided to become a stay-at-home mom and start homeschooling me. And so... Uh, from kindergarten, preschool up until sixth grade, um, I was homeschooled. And then in sixth grade, um, it was a combination of my decision and my, the decision of my parents uh, to put me into a private school. And that school was a Catholic private school associated with the Catholic church that my dad and mom once attended. 
Um, and so I, uh, I, the mo- majority of my childhood from kindergarten and, and preschool up until fifth, sixth, fifth and sixth grade um, was me being at home with my mom um, virtually all the time. Um, and because of that, because of the decision my mom made to, to stay at home and to homeschool me and dedicate her time and her energy to doing that, um, she couldn't work. And so my dad had to fill, um, that void of, of, of my mom not being able to work. And, and so, um, and that was a mutual decision between my mom and my dad. Right. And so my dad had to work, um, a lot. You know, he worked a lot of overtime hours in his field, in his career, um, to provide for the family, to provide for um, my brother who was growing up um, still, um, even though he he was a lot older than me. And so he graduated high school and he moved out and he went off to boot camp in the Air Force uh, when I was still pretty young. And uh, just before I became a teenager, and so... Um, um, and so my dad had to provide for all four of us. And then when my brother moved, moved away, he had to provide just for the three of us. But even then, you know, he, he still had to, he had to work a lot. And so what that looked like is my, my mom was always around, um, my dad, not so much. And the circumstances surrounding that, um, you know, put me in a situation where, I was mostly taken care of and brought up by my mom. And in the evenings when my dad came home, because I didn't really see him in the mornings because he took off for work so early. Um, you know, I was, uh, in the evenings, I was brought up by both of them. Um, and so, yeah, that, that did, um, have an effect on how I was, how I was brought up. Um, and you know, how that molded me and changed me over the years, we can get into that. Um, later, um, I don't think that's really appropriate time right now to go into that. Um, but what uh, what that looked like as far as my social life is I didn't have very many friends um, growing up uh, while I was being homeschooled. Yeah, I had, you know, this friend here, that friend there, the, the friend in the cul-de-sac you know, behind my house and the, the friend, you know, across the neighborhood. Um, and, you know, they were, they were friends, uh, but not in the way where like I was constantly hanging out with them or, you know, they didn't really, uh, they didn't really mold or influence my outlook on life. Um, looking back on those friends that I had during the time I was homeschooled, um, and I guess sheltered, if you want to use that term, but, you know, sheltered is, is kind of a vague or a kind of a, a vague term. But anyways, um, the friends that I had then, I didn't really feel have a influence on my outlook on life and in my upbringing. Um, so I can't really attribute who I am today really to those friends. Um, it wasn't until I uh, started middle school in sixth grade, I started going to a private school with a bunch of other people, with teachers that wasn't my mom, and um, I started to um, um, 
I started to accrue a um, a real group of friends, a group of friends that I hung out with on a daily basis, hung out with on the weekends, um, really started to influence me um, and and mold me in 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 the way I I went and how I saw things, how I how I had an outlook on life. Um, um, even as early as middle school, I started to finally, um, I started to get, uh, some sort of ideology on politics. You know, um, I started to realize, you know, how I was on certain things, how I viewed certain things politically, um, socially, um, you know, um, the world and how it works. And so, <clears throat> sorry, I'm going to take a sip of water here. So it wasn't until middle school that I accrued a group of friends that really started to shape me as a person and how I viewed things. Um, and overall, they were... Um, a great group of friends, you know, for that season, for that, for that time. And, um, you know, I went to middle school three years in that private school. And then, uh, for the first two years of high school, um, those friends carried, my group of friends carried into, into the first two years of high school, um, in a private, uh, Catholic high school. And, um, and then it wasn't until junior year that I decided to switch from a private uh, Catholic high school to a public high school. And it wasn't until then that I kind of separated myself from uh, that group of friends. Uh, not intentionally, of course. I didn't want to let go of those, of those people in my life. Um, but that's just how things worked out, right? And so, well, you might add, okay, you might ask, okay, how did that group of friends shape my outlook on life? Well, they introduced for the first time to me the idea of sexual identity. Um, and, you know, back then and still kind of today, um, I am not a very masculine, you know, go get them, you know, gruff and tough kind of guy. And so how I carried myself, how I talked, how I acted around people um, was in the world's eyes and therefore in my friend's eyes, very feminine or kind of feminine. And so, um, you know, it wasn't, they didn't do this intentionally, right? Um, I don't blame them in any really w real way. Um, you know, hardcore blame them on, on um, molding me into the way that I became. However, it was those subtleties, um, you know, how they how they saw me, um, that 
it was through those things, through those conversations, through those words, that the enemy started to feed these ideas into my spirit, into my heart, into my mind. Um, things like you are more feminine than you are masculine. Um, you are um, skinny and you dress really nice. And so you must be metrosexual. Um, you know, different, different things like that. Right. Um, and it's, it started, it started to, um, have me really question inside myself who I was. This was the first time in my life that I ever questioned, um, who I was to begin with. You know, and that's how the enemy slips in, right? Is that he, um, he starts to uh, question certain things about your identity that you were born with, right? Um, and so these little things, and this is, this is where the whole thing of like, oh, I was born this way. So, you know, how that how that takes place is that, you know, we start to question little subtleties in our identity. Like, for example, for me, it was how I carried myself, how I talked. Um, and because of how I carried myself and because of how I talked, um, the guys around me didn't like hanging around me as much. The, 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 you know, the buff guys or the, you know, the masculine guys, the guys who played sports. Um, you know, I was more of a creative. I liked art. I was a musician. And so in that space, I didn't hang out with the guys. I hung out with my, my, my friend group who were mostly made up of girls. Um, and I had one guy friend um, and he also hung out with, you know, the girls, um, too. Um, he was a little bit more, he was different than I was, um, as far as, you know, how he acted, how he talked. Um, but still in that atmosphere, in that circle, um, it was a good breeding ground for these ideas to start taking root right? And so um, I started to question myself. I started to question the identity I was born with. Um, and the thing is, is that in my household, in my upbringing, I didn't know that sexuality could be questioned like that. I didn't know that... Um, guys could, you know, that guys could have thoughts of being attracted to other guys. I didn't know that girls could have thoughts or ideas of being attracted to other girls. I didn't know that, you know, girls could have thoughts that they want to be 
a guy. I didn't know that guys could have thoughts that they um, want to become girls. So I didn't have any idea of what that uh, that was. And so when when those ideas started happening, what am I going to do, right? I'm going to take that as truth and I'm going to take that as, oh, I must be feeling this sort of way, right? This must be happening. And so, you know, during in middle school, I did not um, officially come out to anybody. I didn't um, come out to my parents. I didn't even, I didn't even say it blatantly to my friends' faces um, who knew deep down inside that I was going through this, right? Um, because several of my friends within that group were also going through the same thing. So it wasn't until eighth grade, ninth grade, and 10th grade that I really started to question it. It was, it was a constant thing in my head. It was a constant anxiety. Um, I was constantly getting depressed because it was a battle in my mind. Why am I having these thoughts? Why is it rubbing against something that I already know to be true? Or... Or, or my presuppositions, if you will. Why, why am I feeling this way? Um, you know, why am I anxious all the time? Why am I depressed all the time? Um, why am I moved to feel um, this this sort of way when all I want to do is just be at peace? And just be myself and not have this anxiety with it, not have this rubbing against two stones kind of feeling. And so another lie started seeping into my mind, the lie that if I make it official, it will all go away. If I accept this new truth about myself completely, and that means expressing it to the people around me, I will be at peace. My anxiety will go away. I will no longer be depressed anymore. Because the depression, the anxiety, it it was rooted in, I'm having this identity crisis, and I'm afraid that if I make it known to other people that may not see eye to eye to me that they're going to shun me away and I'm going to be alone. So in comes this new idea that no, I'm not going to be alone if I do if I do this. If I make it apparent, if I make it if I broadcast it out So eventually, everything came to a boiling point. Senior year of high school. Now, being in a public school atmosphere did not help this at all. 
now I'm being surrounded on a daily basis with people that are going through this same thing, this identity crisis, this truth crisis. What is the truth? If, if anything remotely makes sense, I'm going to grab onto it and I'm going to take it as my truth. If it satiates what I'm feeling inside here, if it affirms what I'm feeling inside here, I'm going to grab onto it as truth. And I, and I, for some reason, I know it's, it's going to set me free from something. Well, not all truths are going to set you free. Only the truth is going to set you free. And only the truth is really going to satiate that hurt inside you that that is only going to fill that void inside you and is only only going to affirm the feelings that are inside you the true feelings and that is who am i the true battle that's going inside your mind and i'm speaking to someone right now that has gone through that or is going through that right now. At the end of the day, you're not questioning your sexuality. You're not questioning your identity in who I am to other people. You're questioning who I am to myself and you're questioning who I am in general. Who am I? Who was I created to be? What was I made to do? And who am I to the person that is invisible? Because everybody else in the world has their opinion about you, but what about when you look inside the mirror, can you look yourself in the mirror and say, I am who I am. I am who the creator made me to be. You can't do that with an identity crisis. You can't do that unless you know the person that really did create you. So, moving on. In senior year of high school, I decided to come out to my senior class, to my class, to my whole class. And also in that moment, I also came out to my parents. Let me tell you guys, it was the most nerve-wracking it was the most stressful thing I, I, I have ever done. Um, how it played out, there was a, um, a performance that I was a part of in, in my senior year of high school. Um, it was a part of the... Um, every five or every 15 minutes, I think it's every 15 minutes program, which is a, uh, a drunk driving awareness program. 
And there was a performance, a play that was a part of it where the senior class was a part of it. And um, I played a role in it. And in this role, I had to write a letter to my parents. Basically, it was the situation was um, it was a hypothetical um, situation where I was a victim of a drunk driving incident and I was dead. And in the afterlife, I had to write a letter to my parents telling them what had happened. And basically, this was my goodbye letter and basically letting them know where I was and what had happened to me from the other side. So I used that situation to let my parents know uh, and get off my chest what I, I wanted to tell them. And so I, I used that situation to, to come out to my parents and to come out to my, to my class. Um, and everything just, everything just went downhill from there. For a moment, for a split moment, for like maybe a couple days, maybe a week, I was semi at peace. I thought I did the right thing. I I felt free-ish. But then in a matter of days or weeks, I forget how long, but it was quick everything just came flooding back. Depression, anxiety, stress, no peace in my spirit. But I tell you, my flesh was just overjoyed. (laughs) My outside was okay because now I was in line with what everybody else was thinking, what everybody else saw me as. And when I mean everybody, I mean the people that at that time meant the most to me and whose opinions meant the most to me, okay? So it wasn't everybody, not like everybody in the world, because Lord knows not every one of my family members agreed with this. Lord knows not every one of my friends agreed with this. So my flesh was now free. My flesh was now okay with what happened because now I was in line with what my peers at the time were trying to get me do, get me to do. So during senior year, I also became friends, good friends, with um, 
with a girl who ended up becoming one of my best friends. Um, and I even went out with this girl and I ended up, ended up getting engaged, but that's a later story. Um, this person appeared in my life at a very crucial moment. She was there through it all. She saw me at my worst. She knew what was going on. But little did I know that God sent her into my life to be a catalyst and to um, to be a light in my life. So, moving forward from senior year, I'm now in it. I am immersed. I'm, I'm deep into it. Okay? Um, um, I'm just going to be vulnerable and honest, right? I was not only living the lifestyle, I was also physically living the lifestyle as well. Um, and that, those interactions, those relationships ended up bringing in so much dirt. I felt so, I felt even more alone. I felt even more, I felt defiled. Um... Now, nothing I did was against my will or consent. That's not a part of my story. And I thank God for that. I really do. Um, but the things that I did during when, when I lived this lifestyle, when the veil was over my eyes and I, didn't, and I was only paying attention to what the world thought of me as, I felt so dirty. I felt ashamed. I cried myself to sleep almost every night. Um, I had this weight on my shoulders and on my chest that I could not shake off. And looking back now, I know what that was. It was, it was a spirit. It was, an, it was a demonic presence that was weighing on me that I couldn't shake because as I made these decisions to be involved with other people to I made the choices to live out this lifestyle actively I opened so many doors to the enemy to have his way with me and just ravage my life. I was always scared that I had something that I was that I was diseased, that I was you know, defiled that I was um, 
that I was unhealthy. Um, it brought on such a thing, such a, uh, it brought on such an unhealthy mindset towards my body and myself. And the depression, the anxiety literally almost crippled me. I started to become borderline anorexic. Um, I, you know, most people, oh, most people, most people would um, overindulge or eat if they're stressed or, you know, they would go to the spoon or they would go to the table or the fridge for something if when they're stressed. Me, it was the exact opposite. I would starve myself. Um, and the Lord, even in my worst, even when I was the most unhealthy, the Lord had his hand on me because I, I could not get, bring myself down to the point where I would starve myself on purpose or I would intentionally bring myself to these low points. He had his hand over me and he put a boundary in place where I would not go below a certain point in my health. Um, I did not get to the point where I had to admit myself to the hospital or, you know, that, that, you know, I was so deficient in nutrients that, you know, um, that my body would suffer heavily. Now I was suffering because I would be hungry all the time. I would be fatigued a lot. Um, I couldn't perform well in sports. Um, and just day to day was just really hard. Um, my mental focus was not there. My energy levels weren't there. And so even, even doing daily tasks were work hard. Um, but the Lord did not get, allow me to get to a point where I had to be admitted to the ER or, um, or something drastic happening to my health. And I thank the Lord for that. I really, really do. I'm so grateful. And I have so much gratitude that even in those moments of not wanting to eat, um, in these moments of depression and anxiety, you know, now that I think about it, not once did I have a thought of suicide. I had every opportunity and I had every excuse to want to not be here, not be in this world. I was depressed. I was, I would, I had, I was riddled with anxiety. And for, for some people, for a lot of people, that depression, that amount of depression, that amount of anxiety would put them in a, in a, in a mindset of, I just don't want to be here anymore. But that thought did not cross my mind. And I, and I believe that was the Lord as well. Um, and I, I am grateful for that. Um, 
So, now, so I, I was, I was, I was in it. I was, I was deep in it. Um, I wasn't as deep as I could have gone. Um, and here's, here's the crazy thing. So I was, I was on my way to, uh, moving down to San Francisco for college, but something happened. This was in 2015. Or wait, no, it was in 2016, I think. Or I don't know, I forget. But I was, I was almost ready to move down to San Francisco. And then something happened with the housing situation on campus down there. And I wasn't able, I didn't have housing. So I wasn't able to move down there. So I ended up taking classes online uh, with the university I was going to. Looking back, if I, if I were to have gone down to there, away from my family, away from the people I knew, away from the community I had, I think I would have gone a lot deeper than, than I did. And I think that's another way the Lord had his hand on my life that he prevented me from going to a place. And honestly, it could have been any other place, right? It could have been Chicago. It could have been New York. It could have been Los Angeles. Um, I'm not just saying if I went to only San Francisco, this would have happened. No, it could have happened anywhere else. But me, the, 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 the opportunity of me being withdrawn from the place I was at, that opportunity would have opened up way, min, way more doors than what was best for me. And I think God closed that opportunity uh, so that he would keep me here. Because if he didn't keep me here, this, what I'm about to talk about next, wouldn't have happened, guaranteed. Now, could he have rescued me in a different way? you know, you know, in the future, further down the road? Absolutely. You know, God is, God is without boundaries. He can do, he can have his way however he wants in whatever time he wants. But this, this is what God's plan looks like. God's plan of redemption. So I was back I was back into uh, living in Tri-Cities. This girl who, have I, who I have been best friends with uh, since 2015, um, in my senior year of high school, she started inviting me to her church. And this church um, is the church that I have come to love and I've come to call my home church, and that is Hungry Generation. She started inviting me to youth services, and I think to a couple of Sunday services as well. But 
um, at first I was reluctant and I, I turned her down for a few invitations, but, um, I decided to entertain her and I decided to give in a little bit and I, I, I went to my first service, um, totally rocked my world. This was my first immersion. This was my first, um, this was my first ever experience in, uh, going to an evangelical church, going to a church on Sunday outside of the Catholic church. Okay. So it was totally new to me, totally new music. Right. Um, now my mom, now I grew up listening to, you know, contem uh, Christian contemporary music like Hillsong, Bethel, Oasis Worship, um, you know, Come Now is the Time to Worship, uh, you know, all that, all that, all those good classic songs. And so I did have that foundation in, in, in Christian music, but I didn't go to a church that sang those songs for the most part. It wasn't until later that my mom's church started to get more into contemporary Christian music. And so that they had that going for them. Anyways, that's beside the point. This is my first time going to an evangelical church, a Sunday keeping church outside of the Catholic church. Um, the people there were so inviting, welcoming, and um, friendly um, that I was just in awe of what that type of community looked like. And so that sparked something inside me to, to, to kind of want more of that. Um, and over time, that spark would grow, grow, grow into a fire, and that fire would start to burn. Um, and then Jesus would eventually take over that and invite me closer to his heart. But even during the couple times that I would go to um, her church, I was still living this lifestyle. The spark that was lit inside me came out of nowhere. And something inside me started to question. Started, not started to question necessarily my identity again, but it was more of like, is this, is this, stuff inside that I'm dealing with on a constant basis? Is, is this depression? Is this anxiety? Is this fear? Is this longing for identity? Is it worth it? Is this struggle worth it? Um, to be who I was. That's what was being questioned inside my spirit. One day, it 
one day, my friend asked me if I wanted to join her at a church conference. And later, I would come, I would come to know this conference as the yearly Race to Deliver conference at Hungry Gen. And um, at first, I said no. And so initially, I missed the conference. But that, I think it was Monday night after the conference, after that weekend, um, they had, the church had a special service for the volunteers of that conference. And the special guest speaker, the, 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 the special guest uh, minister at that conference was going to be at the service just for the volunteers. And my friend took the liberty of inviting me again to this, this service that was only meant for members, only meant for volunteers of the conference. And I was, I wasn't, I was, I was not, I was, you know, I was, I was unsure of it. Um, cause, cause then a different type of anxiety started to stir in my spirit, but it wasn't a, um, it was an anxiety that was now starting to be pit pitted against the anxiety that I was so familiar with that I was dealing with on a daily basis. This was a new type of stirring in my spirit, stirring in my heart. And I was uneasy. And then my friend, she asked me, a question that I would never forget. It was something along the lines of this. If you, if you laid down, if you surrendered the life that you're living right now and all the hardships that you're going through right now would be satiated, would be taken away or if you had the opportunity to trade the anxiety, depression, fear that you're going through right now for a peace. Would you, would you do it? And I thought about it for, for a few minutes. And the small part of me inside that was still hanging on to my original identity. My true identity that, was, that I was born with. My true identity that God created me with. That little part of me that was hanging on stirred up inside me and said yes. And so I decided to go to the conference or to this service. 
Um, during this service, I experienced deliverance for the first time. Now, I'm not sure exactly if, because this was before I dedicated my life to Christ officially. So I'm not quite sure if the deliverance I experienced at this service is the deliverance that that set me free from set me free from wanting to live that lifestyle at longer but something changed for good for the better and i finally experienced a peace that surpassed my understanding couple services later I decided to officially dedicate my life to the Lord I remember going up to that altar surrounding my life to the Lord at the foot of the altar and everything changed <laughs> everything changed and I didn't see myself any longer how the world saw me. I had a fresh new perspective of how I saw myself because it was like it was downloaded directly from the Lord, my creator. And it was almost like he was speaking to me. This is who you are. I have made you, I have created you to be this way. And all those thoughts and lies that people and the enemy have put, have, have told you in the past, mean nothing now. Because I have created you to be this way. And this is the truth. This is your true identity. And I, for the first time again, was at peace with who I was truly. My, my old self. The, 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 the self, the identity that I was born with. So... The thing is, this change, part of it happened instantaneously. It was, an, it was a fresh perspective. That was what was inst instantaneous. But from that point, even up to this day, It's a continual renewal. I call it a process of continual renewal. Because let me tell you guys, 
those old ideas, those old thoughts would, would sneak up again every once in a while. Sometimes hardcore, like just right in my face. But like I said in the very beginning, once you know the truth... And once your inner being, your spirit has connected with that truth, it's really, 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 really hard to, to shake it. Once you know the truth about something and once your spirit is completely at peace with that, every idea that comes your way that is against now, your true identity and what you know is the truth, it seems foreign. See, the difference between how I see it now and how I saw it then in middle school, when, I, when, I, when my, my peer group at the time started telling me I was a certain way and, and started seeing this and that in me, it was new and it didn't seem foreign because it started to answer questions that I was already starting to question, right? It was, it didn't seem foreign to me. It seemed almost right, but not quite right because it was still, it was still new, right? But it was something my, it was something my flesh was growing to want. Now, is completely different. When an idea or a thought comes my way that is, that is congruent, that is, that is um, different, that, goes, that comes against what I know is the truth now, and what my spirit knows deep down inside, this is, what, this is who I am, this is what I was made to be, it seems foreign and it doesn't seem right. I can only explain it as that. So from day one of being a born-again Christian to now, it's a continual renewal of the mind and it's a continual renewal of the heart because there was a lot of trauma that happened because of how I lived um, a lot of hurt, a lot of pain from those years. And I, I, you know, I wish I could say that me surrendering my life that day at the altar and me some months later deciding to be baptized, that that would be an instant fix that that would be an instant, instant renewal of the mind, instant purification of the heart, instant, instant healing of the, of the years of trauma and instant of the, of, the, of the years of pain would be just gone. Yes, the past of the past, and now I'm living in the, in, in, I'm living in the future. I'm moving forward. I'm not looking back. I'm, I'm moving forward now. It's a continual healing it's a continual 
It's a continual process. And it's a continual renewal. I'm still being in the process of healing today of things that happened years ago, even in my childhood. And I'm still processing and, and, and renewing my mind and renewing my heart and, and experiencing healing by the, by the grace of God and, and the mercies of God and what he paid for on that cross. I'm still experiencing what he paid for on that cross today. It's not a one and done thing. Yes, the cross was a one and done thing, but the purification, the renewal, the, the, the process, the journey is not a one and done thing. It is something that I am living out. And it's a continual choice and decision every day to wake up and say, Lord, I choose you because you were the only one that could satiate what was going on inside here. You were the only one that could fill the void completely that I know completely can, can fulfill the void that I have inside me. Nothing else compares to the love that I feel. Nothing else compares to, to, the, to the vigor that I feel, um, the energy that I feel that courses through me that only you give, Lord, that the world could not ever give. There is something that drugs can't do. Been there, done that, guys. I've, I've, I haven't done every drug, of course, but I've, I've dabbled in marijuana, which is a drug. That couldn't fill it. That gave me more depression, more anxiety. Oh, it's just the people that you're hanging around with, or it's just, you know, it's just the atmosphere that you're in. No. I, it's just a knowing in me that the things I have experienced in my life, all of it could not fulfill the void. All of it could not heal what was broken inside me, except for the grace and the mercy of, of Jesus Christ and what he did on that cross. I just, I just, I can't, I can't explain it. It's just something that you will have to experience on your own. That's why, that's why pursuing a relationship with Jesus is so important. There is some things that a community and there is some things that just going to church every day is not going to do. It's not, it's not going to cut it. You have to pursue a relationship with the one who created you. Because only he can fulfill the things that are lacking and that are hurting inside you. Why? Because he created you. The one who created you knows every cell in your body, knows everything that you've gone through, everything that you will go through, and everything that you're going through right now. He is the answer to every question. He is the healing to every wound. He is the resurrection to every broken thing, uh, to every dead thing in your life. He is the answer. He is the He is the fix. He is the fixer-upper. He is the 
He is the general contract for every every broken thing in your house. <laughs> That's so corny and so cheesy, but it's true. It's true. It really is. He is the one that created you, so he knows you best, and he knows what is good for you and what is not. I am, I'm like, I'm sweating right now. I am, I am so overwhelmed by the Holy Spirit right now. Everything inside my being right now is, is rejoicing in the truth that I have come to know. And I realize that this testimony, this story, some people in my life are not going to agree with, and I have come to terms with that. I'm okay with that. None of my coworkers even know about this, and that's okay. I'm going to go into work on Monday morning, the same person that I was. They're just going to know a little bit more about me, and that's okay. I will be glad to answer any questions that you have. This goes the same for my Facebook friends, my Instagram friends. There are some people on my Facebook and on my Instagram that are that have experienced or are experiencing the same thing that I went through. And I just want to let you know that I am here to answer any questions. I am here to be there for you in any way that I can. Um, this is not easy for me because I know I know what my losses are going to be. And this is actually one of the points that I, one of the things that I wrote down in my notes is acknowledging my losses. There's this, uh, there's this thing that happens in battle. Uh, there's this time that happens after a battle is done where um, the soldiers, the remaining soldiers or just the people in general will go out um, and a, a, the king would send out an official to count the losses to make us to basically make a new census of who remained and who um, who who were killed. Also, in that census would be a um, a, uh, a um, a calculation of losses um, in in um, not just people but also. Um, and monetary value as well. Um, objects, different things, things that may have been stolen or looted. Um, 
things that have may have been taken from the uh, taken uh, uh, taken with the enemy to their camp. So all losses are counted. Um, There is a lot that I have lost because of my decision to pursue Christ. And some may seem, or some may see this pursuit as illogical and crazy and absurd. Um, But that's because they just haven't experienced it from themselves. And so only my Christian friends and family can relate with me on this, is that once you know Jesus as your creator, once you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, once you, need, once you know Jesus as your personal friend and brother, everything that you once held dear, everything that, everything that you once took for granted is now gone with the wind. Um, everything else is acknowledged as losses. Things that you're not going to get back. And um, there's a part of you that is continually dying every day that wants to hang on to the past. But a greater part of you now is looking to the future and what's to come and is taking every moment in the present to be better, to be at peace, uh, to surrender to everything that Jesus died on the cross for. Um, Again, back to that continual uh, renewal, that continual surrender. Um, And it's not until you find the truth in Christ that everything else is just like, it just seems counterintuitive. It seems false. It seems not right. It seems, um, it seems like it's going against everything that you, that you believe in now. And so now you might ask, do you still do you still deal with what you dealt with in the past? Yes and no. I deal with old thought patterns and old mindsets trying to sneak back in and take place. But from where I am sitting now, where I am standing now in my life, I can say for a fact that I am completely renewed, um, that I have a brand new identity in the Lord, that my inner man, that my inner spirit is 100% in tune with. And that everything else, every other type of identity out, out there just does not cut it now. And nothing else that I will ever try again 
besides Jesus, besides the Lord, everything else that I will try, everything else that I will try to fill some new void inside me from like either a broken relationship or, you know, some loss in the family or, or a loss of a friend or, or something like that. Nothing else will come close to filling the void like Jesus does. I will never be the same again. And yes, if you're wondering, I am very much (laughs) attracted to girls and I will forever be. It is what it is. <laughs> but um, do I look back sometimes and I wish I wish to go back to my old ways? There are thoughts that that try and slip in my mind that I'm missing out on something or that you know the identity that I have now is 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 you know just won't cut it, but it it doesn't. I'm not the same. Um, the identity that I have now is is rooted in the truth, and I can't shake it. I can't say no to it. It is it is what it is. It is truth. And so when a thought comes in my mind, hey, you know, don't you miss the old self? I'm like, not really, because the old self was ridiculed with depression and anxiety and and he was scared to death and he was crying himself to sleep every night and he was wondering what was going to happen next. I don't want that. I don't want that ever again. I think this is a good time to end this episode. There are some of you listening to this podcast or Maybe we'll come um, come across a clip on YouTube or Facebook or Instagram. Um, you are living in depression. You are living with anxiety. You are living with. Um, you're scared. Um. You're going to bed every night wondering, am I meant to be someone else or am I meant to be something else? Or what if the the things that people are saying around me are true? There's an inner part of you that you are born with the breath of life that God gave you, your spirit, your spirit inside you is the breath that God gave you, that his breath inside you. There's something inside you deep down that is always going to want to seek the truth, which is the creator. Remember, or for those of you that know, you'll know what I'm talking about. In scripture, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Everyone, no matter if you're Christian or not, no matter if you're born into the faith or not, 
there's, there's a part of you that always wants to seek the truth. That always wants, wants to find meaning in, in, your, in life. Some part of you is always questioning, what am I doing here on this earth? What am I here for? What is my purpose? Who am I? You will never find that answer in the thoughts and opinions of other people. The breath inside you will always return to the person that put that breath in you in the first place. The breath inside you that was breathed by your creator at the beginning of time when you took your first breath outside of your mom's womb will always return back to the one who gave it. There's always something inside of us that is always going to want to return to the creator, to the, to the thing, to the, the person, to the, um, to, um, the, the, the being that created you. And that is Jesus. That is the Lord. That is Yahweh. And he, only he knows your innermost being, what you're going through, who you really are, what you, what your purpose is on this earth. The purpose on this earth is to please the one that created you. Your purpose on this earth is to point other people towards their creator as well. That's our purpose, is to point people back to the heart of the Father, back to the creator that created us. And that creator is Jesus Christ. Guys, if you enjoyed this episode, if you were blessed by this, if you were, whatever you were, whatever emotion you felt during this, whatever you felt during this, just type in the comments. Let me know what this spoke to you. Let me know what's going on in in, in your head right now. I want to have a conversation with you as best as I can. Um, I believe that God is going to use this testimony, use this story, and use my continuing journey to impact and change others for the better. Um, But thank you all for tuning in. Thank you for sticking with me here. This is a long episode, but um, thank you for sticking with me. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. Um, God bless you. Uh, better is not good enough. The best is yet to come. Stay strong. Stay encouraged. Stay faithful. Stay bold. Stay honest with yourself. And always seek the truth. Always seek the truth. In Jesus' name. Thank you, guys. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Reflecting In Podcast. If this episode blessed you in any way, please leave a review either on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or our Facebook page 
at facebook.com slash reflecting him. Until next time, stay humble, strong, and courageous.